Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button. My name is Alejandro, one of your hosts, and with me is my always lovely non-gaming t-shirt wearing... Paul. Hey, everyone. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing well, Alejandro. It's um, It's been a week, hasn't it? It really has been a week, but before we dive in into any craziness, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing well, and now I'm much brighter, so that, that helps that was well. Mo- that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> why I was just you, waiting what, for the dramatic yeah. reveal. Yeah, why didn't you like um, do that before we started recording? <laughs> See, I thought I did, and then when I turned on the other light, I realized that this one wasn't up as high as it needed to be. So I uh, I did that as soon as I could <laughs> when I realized it. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, Paul, like, what's new with you? I um, I've been uh, very drained, actually, because um, do you ever have that moment where you have a boss that thinks that you're more capable than you actually are? So they give you these crazy, impossible tasks. Um, That's currently what I'm at right now. And um, it's not anything fun, like a a creative sort of project. So Mm -hmm. it's um, he handed me a machine that I have never seen before in my life. And he said, all right, I need you to program and fix this. (laughs) <laughs> and then give it to somebody that is paying us, and uh, that pressure hasn't been great. Yeah, and, well, and did he give you a deadline at all? Yeah, it was like literally as soon as you can get this finished. And so I did that, and um, things did not go well at mm. the uh, the place of business. So <laughs> I have to tell him after we're done with this recording that it didn't go well, and uh, I have to figure out a plan to <laughs> fix it. Okay. Um, so it's it's been a fun week leading up until today so uh we're we're gonna figure that out that's awesome i know it's <laughs> it's horrible frankly but that um that's why we have gaming to make us yeah. feel better about hey things. that's why we need, always need an escape right <laughs> that is very true yeah at least for a little bit before we dive in back into the nightmare uh really though yeah, for me, like, uh, just still going on hikes, actually, like, my, actually, my whole family, with the exception of my brother, are going on hikes now, it's pretty cool, we found, like, a really cool park that's way bigger than we ever anticipated, Ooh. That that's, like, close to our home, and, like, every day that we have gone on those, on these hikes, we always take different trails, and, you Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, I, I was yep. like, you're staring, I was like, did something happen? Oh, I was <laughs> just trying to make sure that I got this right while you were talking oh okay yeah i was like (laughs) yeah i have to make sure we don't get technical issues but yeah yeah we just keep going on these different walks and different adventures basically and it's so like relaxing to always take like different trails and feeling like you're going to the unknown and i'm like oh this reminds me a lot of death stranding (laughs) oh lord (laughs) yeah and um, i've done those a few times yes and, and and it's like cool it's like probably the most like working out to me has always been some it has always been like never has been anything that i'm always looking forward to even though it's so good for us Hmm. but working out through a hike it's so good it's like so relaxing it's like you feel you literally work your entire body just like climbing and 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 managing your terrain and all of that and then i i feel like i sweat like a pig like after afterwards and how far do you have to like go to get into like a, a good hike area do you just go from your house or do y'all drive somewhere we drive we drive to the park it's like okay. five minutes away okay well that's good yeah then. and then with 
Do you like pay like a? It's like a park that you can pay like a membership because they charge you for using the parking spot. It's like a dollar during the day during during the week, and then two dollars in the weekend. But then you can pay fifteen dollar membership, and you can go there as long as you want. And it's like a forest, right? Like yeah, it's like a okay. forest. Uh, yeah, it's a... when you said park, I was like thinking a, a park in a city like mm-hmm. where i live and then you were talking about hiking and i was like oh shoot that's yeah it's a park yeah it's a park near a forest with hiking trails it's really oh, cool awesome. and uh we never take the same trail every day even though eventually we're gonna run out of like ways to like be creative just the fact that there's so many it's i my biggest struggle is always um doing the same thing over and over again i have like a very big ocd-ness into always trying to change things up in fact that happens to me with gaming also that's why like i always have to play many things at the same time or even in different days i can't always always be playing the same game over and over and over and over again unless i really enjoy it because then like my mind starts getting bored of just the repetition of things so it's weird applying that into real life so that's been cool and finally getting to like I'm seeing the results because I'm wearing shirts that were like so tight and now they're, yeah. they're feeling a little, a tiny bit looser, not super loose, so, but I know things are going. So Paul, now speaking on escaping, uh, what have you been playing? Um, well, I actually re-downloaded, uh, well, wait, I don't know if, did I talk about Battlefield last time? Yeah, you mentioned that you okay. downloaded down, so, Battlefield 4 and 5, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I played a little bit more of that. Um, and then I also started the Final Fantasy remake again on the PS5 to see how and gorgeous and that is. You're playing it in now in four, at 4K, right? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes I'm still playing on my computer monitor, which is where I am right now. But whenever mm-hmm. I can, I go over to my TV to just like revel in the gloriousness Um my problem is, I don't know if you saw the Twitter post that I made about um, having I mean, a, video a million game, different things, yeah, <laughs> like two shows yeah. in the podcast rolling. So I'll do that with like a show on one screen and then uh, my game on the other, just so I can like get the gist of whatever is going on in the show washing over me while I'm doing my game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Final Fantasy just sucks you in so much that I'm like, shoot, I can't have this thing. I got to pause it and I got to focus on what's happening with the story yeah. um, because it, my goodness, it's so beautiful. It's it, like, it's so gorgeous. remember when we played the demo like last year before, they oh, went to the, yeah. before the world went to hell and how we uh-huh. were just so impressed with how beautiful it looked? When you actually looked at the PS5 version and then look at how the PS4 version actually looked, yeah, it was it's incredible to like always have the benefit of hindsight and seeing how grimy some things actually are. But because of the first initial shock of beauty, we don't realize any flaws that are exposed when you actually see something better. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's what happens with the with the PS5 version of remake. It's, it's... Uh, it, it it's, is um, just just bl- mind blowing, like you were saying. Um, just games shouldn't look this beautiful. It's like it's it's <laughs> it should be illegal for games to look because even Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. It's also a game that's like, how can games be this beautiful? It's like this should be illegal. <laughs> and it's a perfect blending of the realism, but also a very specific character design style, um, because you know how like some things some things that we've been talking about recently are very focused on realism and it just doesn't look right when you put it into a video game but then when you create <laughs> something with, <laughs> yeah right um and when you 
uh, uh, create a specific design and you just execute on that design really well, um, it looks better than something that is quote unquote hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that even now, um, Final Fantasy VII remake looks way better than things that have been released or even announced since then to come mm-hmm. out in the future. Uh, just because it executed so well on that and adds so much polish with it. It's so thoughtful in its art design. It's so thoughtful in its character design and its uh, composition. It's so thoughtful in how everything fits in that world. That that's why uh, yeah, I coughed about Stranger of Paradise. Which, uh, by the way, like it's still it has been more than a month. It's been like a month and a half now since we saw that trailer at E3, and I can't stop thinking <laughs> about it. Whenever I'm feeling down, I always. Uh, look back at that trailer and i'm always laughing like crying laughing by the fourth time he says chaos, chaos. Wait, by the time he's like we we, we hit the shrine of chaos and just, we're, we're because, here to kill chaos <laughs> i have to kill chaos and just, because I, I think that and just think of you hating yeah. it and that makes me laugh at even it makes me laugh even more about that man so, um i i do want to move on to one other game mm-hmm. but last thing i wanted to say about final fantasy is just um how well the idea of the character design worked from like the ps1 era because they had such a limited amount of space that every little part of their polygons and the shapes the little triangles that you saw um did to show the characters when they're like this little bitty thing right off in the Mm -hmm. distance of a matte painting background um and then how well that translated to now as opposed to some other things that just really got muddied. Even other Final Fantasy characters, like your um, your Final Fantasy twelve, which just kind of looked muddy with its mm-hmm. browns. And um, 13, I would say, did a really great job. Um, but And then you're 15 with your boy band troop. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but so, yeah, 15 um, is the one where it's like, some of the art feels a little out of place because of the mesh of different styles of time like the more old-timey medieval stuff fixed uh, fixed with more modern takes and things and just which they had together. a really great mix of it in like the initial release trailers mm-hmm. and it was very hyper modern and then they kind of like pulled back from that mm-hmm. where like insomnia itself is really hyper realistic and futuristic um and then the rest of what you actually play is like very retro looking which i get because it's more rural Mm -hmm. but um it it did have a bit of a disconnect um in the execution but i don't know if you ever watched the movie of that kingsglaive kingsglaive it's i like it people hate it it's it it needed to be incorporated into the actual game i think and to add context And, and that's the thing they kind of did like they because, tried to but it yeah, was a clip to, show yeah. for like 10 with no seconds sound. and with no sound yeah <laughs> that was that was wild i can only imagine somebody playing the game and watching clips of that being like where is this game like yeah. what happened to that yeah that's what made it interesting what made it interesting when i played uh 15 because i played it when it came out and beat it but then yeah. the, ro- the royal edition uh was released and they gave me an upgrade path so i played it again and that's when I played it with all the updates that I added, like the change to chapter 13, them incorporating the oh, Kingsglaive, yeah. um, incorporating Kingsglaive clips into specific story moments to really like emphasize why things happening are so important. Yeah. And um, it made me realize, man, like I already know that game was already troubled by itself. I mean, it was 
announced in 2006 and released in 2016. So, mm -hmm. like, in any way, shape that you can, like, paint it, even though it had to restart development. I was like, that game had an incubation period of 10 years, and it's still released. Like, so it felt like they, they took it out of the oven almost too soon. But then the episodes that they released afterwards, the boss rush mode they added near the end that was very Kingdom Hearts-esque. Like, you know, you know how, like, at the very end of Kingdom Hearts, is it boss after boss after boss after boss yeah. before, the, before, like, the end, so... And God forbid you decide to quit out and then come back to it, because then you have to redo all of it. Because then the last time you saved was at the first boss. I mean, that was a problem in the first Kingdom Hearts, I remember. Yeah, I, oh. I played the second one enough to know that that was also a problem there, because it was four bosses. Mm-hmm. And if you, like, I mean, if you died, you could replay that boss. But if you had to quit or leave or turn off the system for any mm -hmm. reason, you were yeah. done. Before we keep going down this Kingdom yeah. Hearts <laughs> Final Fantasy hole, what's the other game they were playing? Dave? Oh, the other one was, um, oh, I played Ghost of Tsushima. I, I put a little bit of a mm -hmm. spin on that uh, to, to see what it felt like in PS5 again and to mm -hmm. see it on the 4K TV. Because I didn't have this when I had Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, then... because you got it after until you got Cyberpunk, right? It wasn't yes. because it was you got PS5 in November, you got that TV in December, yeah. and you were no longer playing, playing Ghost. Right? Um, and then I um was on the critical mode, I think they called it, mm -hmm. the one where you, like everyone dies in two or three hits. Mm -hmm. And I remembered having a lot of trouble when I tried revisiting it because it was just the controls were like I had to get used to it again. It's a hard game to go back to. It's so weird. It it's was. like like. It reminds me also a lot of Horizon. If you haven't been playing it for a while, it takes a while for like to everything to re-click into place. Because well, your uh, your muscle memory is in different areas, but then like R two is to get on a horse, and then you have your weird methods of like, okay, well if you hold the right trigger here, you can pull it's for up something. Yeah, and then like uh, L L one is guard, but L two is to pull up your throwing items, mm -hmm. um, and then I've like hit r1 to pull up stuff and accidentally like throwing a sticky bomb at my horse and stuff mm -hmm. it's it's tricky but needless to say it's fantastically gorgeous it plays just as well as i remember it playing um it actually it loads slower than it did on the ps4 which that makes sense because it wasn't really optimized for the ps5 i guess um because you remember i was telling you it, it took me like three seconds to fast travel somewhere and actually takes a little longer that's, um yeah do you have the game installed in inside or you have it that's it, weird um, it should be faster that's what i'm wondering if it's like just not optimized the best for ps5 maybe it's actually taking longer to do um but it it, it took me a, a little bit longer to like load into things i mean like if I died, it's very quick. But if I'm mm -hmm. fast traveling for some reason, it takes a little longer. Not a huge deal, but I thought it was something worth noting. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah. I have it installed in one of my external hard drives, so I'm gonna test that out just to just to say just see because it should be faster, like not the other way around. That's now, what I'm not Paul. Like it already looks incredibly beautiful, right? It runs mm -hmm. so well at 60 yes, frames, right? It really does. What are the upgrades for? the $10 upgrade that they're sub upcharging if you want to have like a PS5 version of that game. It's, um, I don't get it. I don't like, either. I literally don't get it. Like, um, I mean, I'm maybe it it's... was more optimized in some way. I don't, 
Yeah, I don't I get, see what the difference would be. Yeah, I understand the whole Japanese lip sync. I understand the uh, them adding haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers that takes some work, especially now, if you want to do it right. Is the Japanese uh, lip sync is that just the PS5 version or was that the director's cut? Uh, that's the PS5 version that you only get with the director's cut. So, uh, okay, but um, I I feel like the only reason for the upgrade would be. For the Ikishima, um, yeah, and that's the thing. It's just twenty. Like, if you just want Ikishima, it's twenty bucks. You you can play Ikishima as is, just by paying twenty bucks, and it automatically it, turns the game into the director's cut. But if okay. you want the director's cut on PS Five with PS Five enhancements, it's the extra ten dollars. I don't understand oh, why okay. they went down this I'm route. I'm still yeah. confused yeah. about what you get with each thing. Yes. Um, because it doesn't show up on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, it's, you you still can't upgrade until it comes right. out on the day of. Um, because if you play it like, right now, there you're gonna it's gonna charge you seventy bucks. So don't do that. Maybe that's what they're trying to get people is like, oh, well, I wasn't paying attention to all the news. I'm just gonna oh. buy this next version or whatever. Yeah, but and then yeah, that I, I won't I won't feel sorry if you get jipped that way. I know, right? So, and there was this other game that was free to play for a weekend. Oh yeah. Already yeah. kind of scrubbed that from my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I so I played uh, Marvel's Avengers for like yeah. three days, uh-huh. and um, hey, you only got halfway was, through a campaign, right? I did. Um, there was actually when I re I turned on the game. I guess it was because it was still technically on. Mm-hmm. I got to finish the level that um, Black Widow got introduced on. Mm-hmm. But um, then finally, after like I finished something, it was like, hey, so thanks for trying it. If you want to keep playing, buy it. Um, yeah, buy it. But it was really funny because it had a dialogue box up that froze the game. Uh-huh. But if you hit X, you could like kind of move for a second and then it would pull back up. So I chose <laughs> like, am I going to be able to play this game? If so I would system. mash X uh-huh. and try to run and she would like get like a second of movement before it would keep pulling up and eventually i just got um i decided to get out of it but it was really funny that i was like can i still fight while i'm doing this mm-hmm. and um so, so impressions what are your impressions of the campaign of what you played so um like i was telling you i think the story is really great uh troy baker crushes every scene he's right in. um he he's adds such a great bruce banner subtlety to bruce um immensely amazing at uh i mean it makes sense because this guy's very used to feeding off of uh small girl characters that Mm -hmm. are impressionable and need protecting sometimes what did i tell you that his his uh like his interaction with kamala khan is like a variation of the joel and ellie thing without the cursing just uh (laughs) a lot better at um like both because of his experience and also because it's a much more lighthearted story mm-hmm. and it's like yeah she kamala khan lost a lot of stuff but it was more like a scare to her rather than mm-hmm. oh i lost my family or anything it's like her family's fine it's just she's being hunted and how, how do you like playing as her when she's little and going through the avengers convention i at first i was like man i'm gonna hate this and then after a while it started to grow on me Mm because it was like i started putting myself into her shoes and i was like oh it's freaking thor dude oh my gosh i feel that that scene works so well because you think about it just being a little kid you're actually going to meet your heroes and Mm -hmm. like when she meets captain america like like after after standing up for the bully he's just there and and I, was, I I picked up on her quote in that line. I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing. That's clever. Mm-hmm. All right." And then, um, 
just just everything with seeing all of the different characters and how like Black Widow's kind of standoffish, but everyone else is pretty nice to her overall. And um, I, do you manage to get over the fact that the characters don't look like the MCU counterparts? I, I feel they grow they grow on you. It's like eventually you forget that they're they're the great value version yeah. of the Captain MCU America. One. Still, I would say looks the most what? like generic, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. Maybe they polished. I know they said they polished them up after the the beta because mm-hmm. it didn't bother me once I started it up. I was like, okay, I get the idea. They don't look weird anymore. They they look like the specific art style that they've chosen, which is like mostly realism, but with just like a hint of style, um, which I can respect that because one to one, it's so rare to get actual realism like we established Mm -hmm. but like if you just add a little bit of style to it, a little bit of caricature um you've got and i think they just did the least with captain america on that one yeah now quick question because you played the uh, the free version do you know if they gave you the actual ps5 version or were you playing the ps4 version i want to say it was the five because i was installed on my hard drive okay the the main hard drive okay so i think they gave me the five Mm -hmm. um did it look pretty? And, because I think that game oh, it was looks, gorgeous. It looks pretty. Um, I will say I agree with the criticism that it just gets to be way too much sometimes in mm-hmm. battles. Because I'm I'm mashing buttons at a certain point. Because I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't even see what's going yeah, on. I can't. Explosions. <laughs> I, like the camera's too close almost, which I never thought I would complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that level of bombastic action, like I understand why your Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliances mm-hmm. will have that zoomed out mm-hmm. because you almost need that to see what is going on around you. Yeah. Um, same thing with like Devil May Cry. You, get, you pull it back for mm-hmm. any of those bombastic action kind of type games. Now, uh, as you're playing like a character like Kamala and just chaining the combos and all that, do you do like... Do you understand what I was mentioning? That at a certain point, it can get a little Devil May Cry esque with the way that you can. Like, I can understand change because um, I wasn't playing as her in the beta, which mm-hmm. is why I wasn't really thinking that. But she has the most versatility of like, okay, well, I can hold Take the square mm-hmm. to do the up button. I can do the mm-hmm. the hold heavy to strike down once I've done that. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely getting into it. Um, There's some that are better than others. Like, what do you think of Iron Man? <laughs> Um, I, I do like Iron Man's honestly. Cause... How do you like his intro? Like, like his like after the, the, when you go to find him. Oh, I love it. Um, because building he, your suit. He, I mean, he's silly just enough, but he's bouncing off of like each character kind of comes into that scene with like a different motivation because Bruce is more like trying to offload Kamala. Kamala's just trying to be. Like, let's get the band back together. And mm-hmm. Tony's got a very, like, justified reason for hating Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I, with all of the really cynical takes on superheroes lately, I'm just really glad to see one that's genuine again. Yeah, yeah right. optimistic. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? This optimistic girl is right. We're going to get the band back together. We're going to save the world. It wasn't actually us that did this. Um, cause like, I'm just tired of it. I think people at first, it was a cool tape. It was deconstruction. And I think those are important to get the new wave and a new level of genuineness in your storytelling. And I think people got a little too into that idea of like, Oh, what if superheroes were evil? And mm. what if they were, were jerks? And after a while, I'm just like, the Batman there's, Superman a reason, yeah. there's a reason why they're heroes in the first place. Cause we just want that out of 
these big larger than life create creations because in reality we don't get that that's the point (laughs) that's why i said when avengers came out last september and i started playing the campaign that i was like oh my god this story is what i needed especially with the year that we had and i remember you were saying that and and i'm glad that that still resonates even even now and that's the strongest part of that game Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping eventually like I, I'm hoping they do another free weekend so I can actually finish the campaign because I feel like there's some great, there's some really great moments to play later on for, from where you left off that I wish you can actually experience mm-hmm. because I think you can see from its campaign, you can see, you played the Tomb Raider games from Crystal Dynamics, right? Yeah. You can see a lot of the Tomb Raider in it. I do. Maybe not I as polished in do. some parts, right? Yeah. So, I can feel like the, the mechanics are there though. Mm-hmm. Is it the same engine? Yeah. They okay, use the exact same engine for it, it feels yeah. like that. And I was like, why did like this feels familiar but also weird? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that makes sense why that's the case. Yeah, I still stand that that game at, at its current state, especially with this campaign, it's good. It's yeah. like a 7.5 slash 8. If you want, like, depending on where you want to, mm-hmm. anything else that you've been playing, Paul? Um, I, that was really it. I, I had a couple things here and there, but nothing that I can like yeah. pull up right off the top of my head. So, right. what about you? I also played a lot of Avengers because uh, even though I already owned it, this weekend also they gave, you know how sometimes multiplayer games are like, log in this weekend for double the XP. Avengers was like, double? What if we make it quadruple (laughs) XPs? So Avengers is like interesting in that because I love the campaign, but I'm always been a little bit more mixed about its whole games as a service slash destiny component to it with like its loot game. And all of that and it can be a little overwhelming because there's so much to it yeah probably like i don't know how much do you dealt with having to change the gear from the characters that you play and seeing the have to level up the characters I for the skill points and also like the such power. a minimal appre- mm-hmm. like focus and you probably on that enjoyed it more right <laughs> yes i i very much didn't want to focus on that i hit the one with the biggest numbers and said all right send me mm-hmm. off yeah um, which is when you hold l2 button or lt if you're playing on xbox it automatically equips the highest number even though I remember seeing yeah. that, but like I missed it when I was trying to go through the tutorial, so mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm just gonna switch it over." Yeah. Man, you know how but... in De- you know how in Destiny you can have three characters for you to level yep. up and all of that. Avengers had six, and on top of that, they added two more: Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, oh, all yeah, with right. a, all with them having to be leveled up to fifty, level fifty for the skill points, on top of having the gear score. That then back then, because as a serve games as a service already had Destiny. And which, by the way, the new season's coming in three weeks. By the way, and yeah, it was like the seventeenth or something, right? Yeah, the twenty fourth. We're getting we're, we're getting the stream, and then the new season will launch. That then will take us to our towards the expansion next year. And uh, because I already had com- like, I already made my bed with if I'm gonna commit to a service game, I'm gonna do it with uh, Destiny more. Yeah. And so I only really fully leveled up Captain America at, after I finished the campaign because by the time you get him. He's the one that got the most upgrades based on like the time spent with him and in your game. Right. Like you get more uh, more of his uh, skills upgraded. You mm-hmm. get you also gear starts dropping more for him. So I decided to just main. And he also is really cool to play with like the throwing the shield and all that. So yeah, I always I on- did like him. Yeah, I only main him and fully got him to level fifty and as high as possible with the gear score. I haven't fully, but then. Thinking about how long it would take me to level up every single character to level fifty, which, by the way, 
when you fully upgrade everyone and with the skill tree, the combat of the game gets transformed beyond what you already play because of all really? the skills, the, the different skills and different intrinsic abilities that happen when you fully upgrade. Like, for example, Hulk. Hulk sucks at the beginning. It's like... He really does. He, he, really, does, he really does. It's like, for a character like him, they made him so weak early on because by the time you fully upgrade him and his rage abilities and all of that, you can back out the skill points for him to for his rage ability to make him close to unstoppable. So I feel like they overcompensated with him because if they made him as strong as you eventually get him to level 50, no one would want to play with anyone else. But it requires a commitment because he sucks early on. It's similar to many different characters. Even Iron Man was like when he, whenever you fully upgrade him with all the when he's all decked out with his missiles, his laser mm-hmm. and all that. It's like this is really cool playing as him. And I've heard of, he does some crazy stuff with his missiles. Yes, oh, he, he the, the the missile itself. If you if you make a build where you emphasize range attacks, because there's like percentages at the top that right. tells you uh, how much melee damage can he make, how much range damage, how much defense, how much yeah. heroic power. If you like fully, that's the one of the fun and annoying parts of the gear game is that you can make builds specifically to how you want to deck each character, but there the the gear is also very RNG, so you have to hope that the piece of gear you get it's yeah. like it has stats specific to one place and so it can get overwhelming but the build the the build creation of that game is kind of fun but yeah because of the four four times xp i played a good 20 hours of that game in saturday and sunday right just, just to get iron man hulk black widow thor and kamala all to level 50 and i wouldn't have been able to do that without the four times xp and the service part of that game is still broken. How mm-hmm. ma- many times I've had to do a lot of those service missions where it's like clear all the enemies here, and a lot of the enemies are robots that like teleporting. They would mm-hmm. tele, they would teleport I hate outside those the teleporting map, teleporting dudes, and and then they would teleport outside the map and not teleport inside. So it's like, well, it's screwed. Oh, I have shoot. to reload. The, I have to reload the checkpoint. But that was a bigger problem on PS4 that the load times were horrible, like almost a minute and a half sometimes. And in the PS5, it's just like this. So I was like, okay, back to checkpoint. Yeah. Not a big deal because now it loads quicker and it loads us to the same encounter. Plus, you can still... Every XP you earn doesn't reset. So it intrinsically helped also. And oh, it only ha- that only happens if you play online. When you play solo, that never happens. I never had those kinds of bugs. Hmm. But you also kind of want to play online with this game because sometimes playing with people... And seeing everyone coordinating the supers, they can be pretty cool sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm more excited for the Wakanda expansion that comes out. Uh, what day is today? The third. It comes out in 14 days. It's free, so. Hmm. And I have I believe more than anything that after the Wakanda expansion, this game's gonna go free to play. The player count w- went so high after being so low for so long. Like, for There's so, so many, many t- people like me that are like, hey, this sounds cool, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to spend money on this. Because especially with all the crap that's been talked about it. So, yeah, so yeah that, that makes sense. And I feel like for the health of the game, they should make go free to play and go the redesting route whenever they do a meaty expansion mm-hmm. like Beyond Light did. You pay yeah. for that. But everything else is free with like a battle pass. But right. make the base thing free to get more people in because then, because I feel like at its core, this game is good. This game is fun, right? There's something to it mm-hmm. that is like, yeah, there's there's a good core to it that it's not bad. It's like it's fun. Man, I think it's it, there, it, but they're gonna need a lot more cleaning, variety. Yeah. 
Oh yes, and, and they need to clean it up more. But mm-hmm. there's a good core there. It's like it's not Anthem. Anthem had, didn't have a good core, so there was nothing to save from. This. That's true. And so. I'll say like similarly to the way I feel Marvel's Avengers plays out is like Warframe, mm-hmm. where it's like you've got your crazy combos and stuff that you can build off that and. I will say, like, when it started, it you had, like, three options, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've got encyclopedias worth of information that you can get on that mm-hmm. game. Um, and that was a game that I played just about as hard as you did Destiny. Mm-hmm. And um, Now it's so hard to I, get I back hope. in because they doubled down into first hardcore. I feel they... this is the point to strike for free-to-play for Avengers yeah. before it gets overly complicated. And all and on the heels of a very exciting expansion that is Black Panther. True, so. and they've got the the name recognition as well. So mm-hmm. they they've got it all going for them. If they just if they double down and work towards making it accessible, um, I think they've got something there. Uh, there's no game right now in the industry that I'm pulling for it to pull through like this one, because I have been wanting a competitor to Destiny, so I don't just play Destiny because. Yeah. If you have a good a competitor that's actually nailing stuff, then that means the main that's gonna work better. It's kind of like when competition competition breeds the best side of everyone. Yeah. Because then it then will force you to like step up your game. And Destiny hasn't had that competition because everyone that has come in to uh, to, to challenge him, it's like that Coneheads movie in the arena. Everyone coming here and coming, and then you see that's flying away. It's like everyone mm-hmm. just keeps getting killed. Yeah, uh, when facing him, so that's a weird move. Yeah, oh man, can you imagine? We don't have those kind of weird movies anymore. Um, I finished also before I dove straight into my twenty plus hours of playing Avengers this weekend. I finished the Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC, and I was oh, yeah. I invested a good 40, 45 hours playing Which is all amazing of that. For that's the a full game DLC. Yeah, for with, with a different episode, but it's like it tells you it's like a that's a game in itself right on top of the already 80 hours that i played in the thing and i will i'll keep saying that for everyone that ever got interested into assassin's creed for its modern day segments and the first civilization and all of that that's your that's your content like the how everything ties together with history and makes it make sense as the first civilization as the actual greek pantheon that that's where the Greek pantheon uh, was born because yeah. this quote unquote alien creatures mm-hmm. were so like I were so grander than life that then like the people it's the, the people from Greece would consider them gods. So, so I thought that was like a nice inversion of the Greek mythology and, they, and making it work within mm-hmm. the thing and how like things like the Medusa, the mythological creatures, are all holograph. They're they're all holographic images created by the pieces of Eden. They pretend like they exist, but in fact, they're just pieces of Eden. So that was fun. Um, the modern day section, not so much. Like it, that's so funny. Like everything about the first, first civilization worked in the past. The yeah. story told in the in, in the future, rubbish. So buyer beware for that. If you if you only care about how that makes sense in the past, it's worth playing. Absolutely, absolutely worth playing. But if you want like further advancements, it makes sense that they didn't quite advance much in the future because Valhalla happened, and I don't know where the story goes in Valhalla. So it's it's gone nowhere so far. But I also didn't, didn't get finish. you didn't Real finish. Talk, it either. I couldn't even figure out where to go at one point because it told me, um, okay, find this guy 
and help him and that was like all they gave me and i'm like mm. this is such a huge place that i have no idea what you want me to f- and you don't do guides for. right you don't like going I, looking at that i don't want to um i will if it's like a specific thing mm-hmm. but whenever it's like the grander narrative of all right go and i say go where <laughs> like tell me where to go at least to like get lost <laughs> in but when you get like two hands off then i'm like well at least like give me a general direction you know yeah um but yeah you had you, you have directional problems in games that's been well documented it's so bad point. and i i like i was telling you even in marvel's avengers there was a point where i got turned around and i was just like where am i supposed to run now mm-hmm. you um, press up in the d-pad it tells you where <laughs> right and i <laughs> When I when I figured that out, it was great. But then sometimes it wouldn't tell me specifically where. So like I would miss a stairwell, and I just run around. It was like, how am I mm-hmm. supposed to go down? You're not telling me how to go down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just my problem apparently. But yeah, um, we had some good stuff going on, and I'm hoping that we can keep the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing, and then a little bit that I played, I bought Returnal by Housemark. Oh yeah, because it was on sale. And it was for fifty. I was like, I'm I'm not sure about getting this for seventy, but for fifty, I'll buy it right now because I barely have PS five specific games to play. Played yeah. it for like an hour, but then went back to Avengers because I needed to get all the XP bonuses now because that was not gonna happen again. Hot take: I don't think I played a third person shooter as tight as Returnal. Mm. The movement of that game is stellar. Just the like the, the speed at how you move of how you aim and how you shoot and how you like can dodge and all of that. It's like Housemark has always done um arcade style games that are super highly responsive. And I'm glad that kind of gameplay translated into a third person shooter, like it did Returnal. And yeah. it's also weirdly probably outside the alien isolation, probably the best example of the Geiger art style made famous by the original alien and Ridley Scott mm-hmm. and, and, and just like seeing that kind of like monochrome old school alien stuff in a lost world and with its monster designs, it's super, like it, it, it's super impressive. The game's also tough as balls. Like it's, it, it's a roguelike. So yeah, I have made the point that I will, um, I'll probably stream that game because I feel that kind of roguelike that's just so hard. It's it's gonna be fun for streaming. Yeah. So I'm say I'm, I'm saving it for that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, more more impressions that in the in, in the following weeks. So yeah, that was a uh, probably one of the longest off we've been what have we been playing in a while. So hopefully the news is not gonna take too long because there's quite a few. But trust me, they're not as big as you might think. So yeah, Paul, press X for some news. All right, so we got six items this week. And the first one is a continuation from last week. Remember we're talking about the Activision Blizzard mess that was the lawsuit by the state of California? More things happened since that happened. and uh, I would be surprised if there weren't. Yes, and we're not going to mention some of the horrible stuff that we saw that that, remember that they screenshotted here. Yeah. uh, That was, was sent to our group. But big developments that happened was that there was a big walkout. That happened by the actual, uh, they basically went on strike, the developers of Blizzard, mm-hmm. uh, to um, basically take a stand over 
what has been litigated with this lawsuit. But the big thing happened this morning before we recorded. J. Allen Brack, the uh, the president of Blizzard, that if you ever watch the BlizzCon, he's always that dude with like long hair. He basically went to say nothing whenever the Blitzchung thing happened in 2019, mm-hmm. right before BlizzCon when they announced Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 for people to forget about them that, that whole mess. Uh, yeah, they announced it be a press release. He's leaving, and then he left two people, Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra, uh, as now the co-leads of the studio. I think the notable thing about this is that they released this press release. I read it to you before we um, before we went to rec- before we came to record, and I'm gonna link link it to the um, to the description so people can actually read the whole thing. It was a whole lot of nothing. It was like completely. Um, it was a press release that literally said nothing. It was a press release that's the most vanilla thing, saying things without really saying, not really addressing the problem, and basically almost, um, what's the word I'm thinking about? Absolving responsibility from this dude as he's leaving. Mm. And after a full week, about after we talked about it, how you how, how have your thoughts evolved about this whole mess with Blizzard? Well... I am at the point of when something is this deep rooted, um, everyone has some responsibility on it because if they didn't do it, um, the fact that it's been going on for this long and it's only just now breaking is that there are so many people complicit in that that kept their heads down. And I understand fully the problems with speaking up because you can easily be replaced. Um, but when everyone keeps their heads down out of fear of their own jobs, then nothing happens. And that's exactly what we're seeing right here. Um, I I don't like that uh, he's able to leave and just kind of get out of here. I mean, I don't know if that he's going to continue to be responsible in some mm-hmm. way for any of this um, or if he's just getting off scot-free by that because I'm not really that versed in how this works. But um, if that is the case, that's really horrible thing to do um do you see a video that happened at blizzcon 2010 about a woman that came to one of the panels where this guy was at i think i read the um the re yeah transcript of it yeah yeah how she basically stood up and asked them when they were gonna start making um female characters that didn't feel like over sexualized and all that and they basically laughed her out of the room (laughs) Right. Like the people at the, at the panel, he was there. That was in 2010. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of the things that were uh, put into litigation last week about the sexism and all of that. Even just watching that um, that panel makes it clear that it comes from the top. It came from this dude. Like this dude was in some ways complicit for that yeah. kind of culture. So I think that what makes me, um, especially with how like corporations work, just imagine the kind of compensation this dude is going to get for leaving. If he was, quote-unquote, imagine if he was terminated, quote-unquote. But Yeah. You, you just picture how, how, with how much money he's going to walk away with while the rest of Blizzard has to be, uh, has to deal with what he or, or with, what, yeah, with whatever, or whatever this thing goes. And that's it, what's complicated about this kind of story is because we're not lawyers. It's very hard to really see, like, what the ultimate ramifications of this thing will be. Uh, once again, I'll link more. I mentioned Richard Hogue, the um, this YouTuber lawyer that really reads a, lot, a bunch of lawsuits and puts it in 
in layman terms in a way. I'm going to link more of the things that he had, he made um, when more developments happen after we recorded last week. Plus, I, I'm sure he's going to do one about this. So, oh yeah, yeah. Now, real quick, Paul, like uh, about like the quote unquote boycott about towards Activision Blizzard. Um, I started thinking more like throughout the, th- throughout the week after we we mentioned and can we re- like obviously Activision itself is a horrible company. Mm-hmm. with its business practices and all that but is that also should we put the blame on the devs also the actual grunt work that makes these games i should we, um, punish, them? Should we punish them by not buying see i am still figuring that full answer out myself um i'm at this point where i'm thinking of it's it's the time it, uh, the time-honored statement of can you separate the artist from the art and Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't because the artist very much influences the art and then you see things that make a lot more sense in context like louis Um, ck back in the me too era yeah um a lot of that stuff a lot of i mean if you pretty much most comedian situations for a certain time um you've got a lot of like media involving children and then finding out that the creator ended up having some kind of very strange fantasy about it and suddenly it's like oh hey this all of a sudden makes sense um i don't know if you ever read anything about the totally spies um situation there was the animated show that was on cartoon network for a long time then his name sounds familiar but i don't if you if you pull up like a picture of it you would recognize it probably immediately it's very like charlie's angels but um the art style was like very anime-esque and it turns out the people that created it had a lot of fetishes that they would create one episode for each one um everything from like bondage to inflation to very different (laughs) things and they would just hide it under the idea of it's like a spy adventure um so y'all can look that up to look that like i'm not the authority on it but it exists do you remember (laughs) back in the uh ps5 reveal event from june 2020 there was this game called goodbye volcano high the animated remember that it was a the, the, the 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 game that was um that felt like life is strange, but it was like animated with like fur. It, it felt like furries, like this weird and 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 anamorphic uh, animals with music. That you revealed to me that the writer of that game was like a writer from Kotaku that advocated for like child pornography or something <laughs> like that. And uh, wow! And it, you can listen. You you we have old episodes from when we recorded the Xbox yeah, back like, in twenty twenty. It's it's the I last one recorded before that... we so that's another case where I remember when I looked at the trailer, I was like, I like the vibe of this thing, of this music. But then, then you told me about that. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I uh, think I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, I do yes, remember so, that. <laughs> so it's like, can we separate the art from like this art from like a writer that literally advocated for child pornography? Yeah. So, um, so the, like there's situations yeah, to kind of go back and make a full circle here. There are situations where you can't. And that kind of sours the art after the fact. But then there's sometimes where uh, people, and especially so many people, created a piece of media mm-hmm. that when one or even many end up being burned at the stake for various crimes against humanity, um, that should not also 
tie itself to the media, but it's also, I think, a case by case basis. Another example, Harry Potter. Um, oh, we yeah. have our the famous now Take infamous situation with the author and many not great takes she has had on social media since mm-hmm. the series wrapped up. Um, but something that one of my favorite YouTube channels, Cosmonaut Variety Hour, has said is that there's so many people involved in the creation of the Harry Potter movies that it is unfair to demonize the movies yeah. because of the original creator's statements on things. And the actors and excuse me. Yeah, the actors everyone else. Yeah. The director, the writers, and there's so much going into that that it would very much limit you if you said, I don't like this creator, I am not going to peruse any of their media ever again. Um, I think we lose a lot as creators when we do that because, I mean, I'm not going to like a lot of writers out there, but I'm still Mm going to respect what they did for the industry. Um, This is one of those situations that video games are made by so many people that it is almost impossible for all of them to have been complicit in this mm-hmm. i think absolutely yeah there's situations where i'm sure one of them witnessed something that they kept their head down on there's situations where people were very creative and made great strides and made great advancements in the engine and the entire industry as a result of it but um i would struggle to put off everything these companies have made just because of their actions outside of it. I think there's ways to avoid like buying more into like the microtransactions, Mm -hmm. purchasing more of the games. Um, I think taking part in some of them, it depends on what it is because like you mentioned specifically the Diablo two remaster Mm -hmm. um, and some of the older games like do you just stop playing all the old ones do you just stop buying new ones mm-hmm. um i think whatever has already come and gone is all right to play because you can still respect what they did mm-hmm. um i think it, it becomes a very difficult tightrope walk in the process of purchasing new things because we as consumers can only really speak with our wallets Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's at least what I'm thinking about it. Is it's difficult. We do need to be careful about what we purchase from certain companies. But yeah. also, I don't think it's a black and white situation. What do you think? Yeah, and it's like I kept thinking about just how much I love Crash Bandicoot Four, how much I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One Plus Two, just last All year published by Activision. Activision, right? and uh, the more I read about this, the big problem surrounded this litigation is. The Blizzard side of the company, they're, they're the ones on fire. Like Jalen Brackett from Blizzard, and Blizzard is like the one that I'm like not as in tune to. So it felt easier for, to me to be like, if Activision would announce like a new Crash Bandicoot game, because I really love Crash, and because they did a really good job with uh, with Four, even though right now everything is like, um, because we talked about Toys for Bob being the latest sacrifice to the call of duty altar even though they kept saying no we're still here but we're working on it but they, they usually say that and yeah you never have it's like high moon studios we we made transformers war for cybertron and fall for cybertron and the deadpool game oh yeah we're also going to be helping with call of duty and then what happened they just kept working on call of duty raven software they did all yep. these awesome games until singularity and they're like yeah we're going to also be aiding with call of duty and then just 
stand in Call of Duty. So it's like everything just outside Call of Duty. It's that the in the active in the non Blizzard Activision side, I'm like, I feel it's a little bit more fair game because it's the thing. It's again, it's not active. It's not Bobby Kotick. It's not Activision the ones doing the thing. It's like these different kinds of developers under the Activision umbrella working on these things. It's like it reminded me of like I know a lot of people hate EA, hated EA, but they love Respawn. Should we boycott Respawn because they're under EA, even right. though Respawn is like an amazing developer by itself. And then you could and also argue if we had boycotted EA entirely and Respawn, we would not be getting the turn of face that EA mm-hmm. is now having because by purchasing things made by Respawn under mm-hmm. EA's banner. EA's perception has changed. Yeah, it made EA take seriously single-player games again. Mm -hmm. And we've not just seen that as an optimistic standpoint, but we've literally seen them start making more single-player, more focus on single-player, and now making actual new games in development around this idea. Yeah, exactly. It's basically like like it's said about putting money where your mouth is. I was excited for Blizzard... uh, for Diablo 2 Remastered, just in the fact that Vicarious Visions, the guys that did the Insane Trilogy and Tony Hawk 1 and 2 re- remake, they're remaking that, And but because now that's under the Blizzard thing, and I'm like, hmm, yeah, th- that one makes me a little pause of trying to get it right at the start. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll wait. Maybe until it's on sale. Like, I I have the funny thing, is that this is where it's funny if you ever did the advantage of getting, like, uh, a physical version of a game if you buy it used in the game stuff for example none of that money goes towards the developer that money just right, goes to, second hand yeah it, it's just second hand that just goes straight into game stuff so sometimes you can be like i'm not giving i want to play this game but i don't want to give these people money so i'll buy it used i can't do that because i got a digital con- console so maybe i'll just wait for a sale for that one and i'll wait to hear more or see if by the time they really get their crap together with like restructuring. At the very least, I will say, uh, Jay Allen Brack leaving, it's a step. It yeah. is a it, it is a step. It's like at least it's not because he made like literally when the lawsuit happened, the answer that the thousands of employees from Wow like completely boycotted and be like, we don't stand for that. It's like his response under his name was like. The state of California is coming to hunt us. They're they don't care about the art and all that. It's like it was a weird deflection. And it's and, for and it's certain like, things, like that's not the way you respond to something this serious, mm-hmm. especially when you have documented evidence mm-hmm. and somebody completing suicide out of the response of it. Like yeah. that's that's another level. Exactly. Like, you can't just ignore that anymore. Exactly. So because of the way that this dude answered and the blowback they got within the con, like from inside the company that they literally, the developers like took us and here's the thing. They went on a walkout. They're not even unionized. Imagine like they put their, yeah, like, like the devs that work for Blizzard, they don't have a union protecting them because when you, when when you are under like a work union, strikes is part of, they back you up on a strike. And they still did it without unionization. So imagine all these devs and this grunt work that put their necks in the line, walking out, mm-hmm. not like working. So that to me is mighty respect. And yet again, it's like the big difference between the horrible boogeyman that is the C-suite executives at the top versus the grunt work that makes the games that we love. So seeing all that, that's what made it because last I'll take full responsibility. I said last week, I'm fully boycotting. 
after seeing all after now seeing the grunt work that has happened and all the devs that have took a stand for that it makes me realize that it's a little bit more complicated than that and i feel like it's I'd rather reward dev work and thinking that I'm rewarding the dev work rather than just the publisher. And that's what's going to make it a little bit more of a gray area that we have to deal with with this kind of companies. But at the very least, I'll take a st- I'll still take a stand that with Blizzard right now, that whatever they release until they get their, the Blizzard side gets their crap together, I don't have to deal with that. The non-Call of Duty side of Activision, if they start releasing more stuff that is just not Call of Duty, because I'm just tired of Call of Duty, more Call of Duty in general. I might still consider that, but gray areas all around. <laughs> I I agree, and um, I think it's going to be difficult to navigate yeah. that. But and um... this started because I also saw you didn't put this in the uh, what we've been playing because I saw it before I went to bed yesterday that you were playing Modern Warfare. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I was well, just like. So I, I want to justify that real yeah. quick. Hang on a second. Um, but that's what made me think. Because I don't want you throwing me under the bus of our yeah. viewers. <laughs> I wanted to go back in a, to a game that has been further Two years back. now. Yeah, two years. Um, that was and great. I was playing the campaign for it. Mm-hmm. Not just like trying to play your war zones and mm-hmm. the multiplayer, which they still care about. Um because I love the campaign for that. It is very strong. I was trying to go back and I was looking at all of my Call of Duties. And I was like, I want to play a tight controller, t- tight no, controls, FPS. Yeah, just yeah like let's put some good animations, point me at some AI enemies and then let me go to town. Um, and I was going to download either the first Modern Warfare remaster, the second, or the 2019 Modern Warfare and that's the one I ended up deciding on because I had actually replayed the other two um, more recently than that one. And so I was like, well, I really liked it and I remembered it. And now I'm going to go back and try it. And sure enough, it stands up amazingly well. And seeing that compared to Cold War again, like fresh mind is night and day. Don't worry. I Cold War's a step back. <laughs> like Cold it War, is. it's a, it's um, a step back. Uh, I get it because it was story. a different yeah. developing Developer. team. They didn't have time for it. I get that. But it is just so clean with like the motion blur, the movement and everything. Um, I I hope they continue to use that engine moving forward. And I also hope that a lot of this stuff gets cleared up because I don't want to have to boycott it, but I mm-hmm. will. Um, <laughs> and I will wait to buy it secondhand from a GameStop if I have to. You bought a physical um, person you could get you could potentially get it secondhand. Yeah. And um I even I found out Alejandro because we mentioned GameStop. They now have a new uh policy where if you buy a new game, it used to be that you couldn't return it unless it was in its case. You can now play that game for three days and return it for full price. Hmm. Did you know that? Because <laughs> I, I found that out. It is on the receipts now. Uh, when you buy a new game, you can bring it back for three days and say that you didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh... So I could go off and play a game that I like and bring it back and say, nope, not for me. Let me uh, let me get some in-store credit. Maybe buy another new game and start the process over. Now I know which one of the two of us is going to play Stringer of Paradise then. So... Uh, I don't know if I will still, but <laughs> I, part of me wants to just for the memes, but 
part of me mm-hmm. doesn't want to hate myself. I absolutely so want to play. Yeah, <laughs> part of me wants to. Be, I I still stand like there were so many positive previews of this gameplay that I'm like I still want to try it. I'm sad that I didn't have my PS5 on time to try the demo, but I think it'll be worth it just for the memes. Yeah. So, okay, so. That was a number one. We'll blast yeah. through these other ones because they're basically a little bit more simple. Ironically, before the this continuous story of the lawsuit and what happened with JL and Bragg broke, um, this was going to be another sort of PlayStation centric week. Almost like we'd had like almost. We're catching up after our like yeah. several weeks of Xbox and yes. Nintendo. Uh, yes, uh, the, it, it's, it's just so funny how this uh, how, how this broke down. So number two. Uh, through the PlayStation blog, Sony announced that the PlayStation 5, amidst continuous shortages and excessive demand, has officially sold 10 million units sold, a figure reached around a month earlier than when the PlayStation 4 officially sold 10 million back in 2014. So in context, that was announced in end of August 2014 that PlayStation 4 sold 10 million. 10 million PlayStation okay. 5 did it in July. So... This continues the- crazy. Like, see, I was, that's what I was telling you. It was just as much of a shortage, and yet then they still sold 10 million. Um, but it feels there's more demand now. It feels yeah. like the demand wasn't there for the PlayStation 4 like it is here. Like, they didn't see as much hand-wringing and calamity whenever there's, like, drops in GameStop or Best Buy or Amazon and everyone. And yeah. It'll be like... Man, it's like I'm so demoralized. I keep trying to log in, and it always gives me errors, and then it's out of stock and all that. So, yeah, to me, this just shows that the inertia and momentum of the PlayStation Four, that like that the PlayStation Five still has it. Yeah. Like every, they're still riding that wave of popularity, despite as many people have said it not having any games for it. Yeah, or as many. Man, I I mean, I would even say all the PS4 games that if, if you didn't own any of those PS4 games in the last like four years that are Getting going to, to see a PS5. huge <laughs> jump in PS5, yeah. that's that's, that's it by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to just defend the fact that, yeah, it doesn't really have any games for it exclusively. But if you count everything else that it's got leading up to that, yeah. then I you've will, got plenty of time. I will still say that especially when you compare it to its competition, it actually has more exclusives released from when the, the system came out in November to like right now right. than the other one. But it makes you also wonder how much the PSI would have sold if they were able to meet demand. Like if they were able to produce these things, if there was no oh, pandemic yeah. shortages and all of that. So number I think three, the price yeah. also helped it. But yeah. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the price is relatively the same. It was, but I think compared to like PS3 era is what I'm thinking. Um, And also, yeah. And also, PS just the PS4 was so super popular. Of course, people are gonna have wanted to follow up if they didn't screw the pooch that big. And And stimulus checks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sleepy Joe. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, yes. Uh, So number three on the vein of sales, speaking to GameIndustries.this, I'm gonna link it to the article. Uh, Sony revealed a pair of sales figures for some of their big exclusive games released so far for the PlayStation 5. Ahead of the pack is Spider-Man Miles Morales, the smaller standalone title from the system's launch, has sold a total of 6.5 million copies. Here's what's funny, though. More people bought it for PS5 than on PS4, despite there being 110 million PS4s in the market. I think part of that is because a lot of people didn't know it was for PS4. 
yeah i was one of those (laughs) yeah to be fair it's like how it happened was that if you watch the uh the two presentations they made for ps5 yeah. Like that, the reveal of the console when they it officially said, like, announced Miles Morales. PS4, I think. And no, and then the September one where they announced the price and they showed the gameplay demo of Spider Man Miles Morales. At no point it said available on PS4. Oh, okay. They announced that on Twitter via Twitter and somebody uh, said, We're, we're yeah. proud to announce that it's coming on PS4. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show you that sometimes, like the Twitterverse, it's not representative of the actual mainstream thing. Also, maybe this is also my tinfoil hat. I think this also proves that if you know there's a game coming to the old system and the new system, maybe there's a psychology in place where you might as well buy it for the new system. That definitely hits me. So I will say that it is definitely real when I think, oh, well, there's a game for the last gen and this gen. It's obviously going to be worse. Look, (laughs) I mean, I... I, I, I proved that to myself. Like whenever right. the PS5, when, when the PS5 finally came out last November, uh, I did play Miles Morales because I love the first Spider-Man so much. I was like, okay, yeah. at least I get to play this here. But then other games like Immortals, Hitman, Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla. I'm like, I know there's a better version for this. Even if I buy them now, I can yeah. wait to play them whenever I get the better machine. So I think that psychology does play out. So this makes sense why more people bought Miles Morales on PS5 than on PS4. So, and that's the thing is Miles Morales has been charting on NPD like forever. So other sales figures, MLB The Show 21 also uh, has sold today 2 million units. And specifically Sony mentioned it sold us 2 million on PS5 alone, even though the game's also available on PS4. And interestingly enough, remember, this is also part of one of the funniest stories that happened this entire year of a Sony made game that was going to be multi-platform because the MLB demanded them to release a multi-platform game. That whole game showed up on game pass on Xbox. So you had to pay 70 bucks for the PS5 version or you could play for free on Xbox. They said that on next gen, they have 4 million players. So 2 million players played it on Xbox through game pass. So, I would say this is this is impressive in that Game Pass didn't 100% cannibalize the PS5 like I would have expected it to. Because because think you just think about it. I have the two systems. Where do I want to play MLB 21 if I have both the Xbox Series X and the PS5? Oh, yeah. You want to play I'm it gonna... on the one you get it for free. Exactly. So I think this just shows that there's commitment from people to buy games still. So. Yeah. That is a good problem for Sony to have because this could have been a disaster for them. Like, because it, it could have easily been like it barely sold in PS5 because everyone went to the other way, which just goes to show where the loyalties of people are in consoles. Other sales. Um, um, I might be sympathetic for this specific thing because I had a roommate that was very big into baseball and could not play it on the systems that he wanted. <laughs> um, and I think almost like. I mean, it could be a correlation, not causation, but a lot more sports fans usually have an Xbox yes, rather than Madden. a PlayStation. Yeah, like um, Madden, Madden has been, uh, especially in the US, Yeah, a, a sport game like Madden has tend to side with Xbox more often than not, even though like the more popular sports game FIFA or NBA yeah. 2K have sided with PlayStation. Right. But, but yeah, like something like Madden has, very, has been more to the hip with Xbox, more than usual. And with like no alternatives really on uh, 
Microsoft's version. They had one that was a baseball game, but I can't remember what it was RBI called. Baseball. Yeah, um, but it just apparently it wasn't nearly as good. Oh it, no, the show and was like the show is like stratospheric in its quality. It's like yeah. um, people make the argument the show is the best sports game, if if anything, because NBA Two K used to have that title, but yeah. because they went deep down the rabbit hole of microtransactions. We don't even have the time yeah. to talk about all that. But yes. yeah, I I had another friend that actually, he would put on MLB The Show in the background, put two AI teams to play each other, and he'd watch it like a regular baseball game. Wow, that's committed. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just put the game on. I was like, that's that's MLB The Show. What are you watching? <laughs> Um, Why are you not even playing? <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because he's like, well, I got to get work done. And there's no games because of all the COVID stuff. So I made one that myself. Makes, to be fair, there was no baseball season. Yeah. During COVID. So, um, so that was, it was, that was fun. <laughs> the level of creativity some people can do just to get their fix. Um, but that was just a funny random thing. Alejandra, go ahead and continue with uh, those sales. Yes. More sales. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart that came out in June 11. So it's only been a month and a half in the market has already sold 1.1 million copies. And Returnal, the semi-niche roguelike game from the recently acquired Housemark Games, has sold around 560,000 copies. Very interesting that they were very granular with how many copies Returnal has sold because no mention about Demon Souls or Sackboy A Big Adventure, like mm. any sales at all. So if they were willing to say, oh yeah, did they just mention Returnal because they just bought Housemark? Because, I wonder. Because it's very strange for Sony because I know Sony likes to swing the big D whenever they, uh, whenever they sell a lot. Back, back like when Microsoft used to do it back in the 360 era when they would sell a lot, they would they wouldn't wait to plant their numbers, just as Sony did with all their exclusives this year. Here's yeah, they, my theory. Um for Returnal games uh, psychology side of it, when you hear that something is selling well, it makes you want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Returnal might not have been actually the best, but by saying hey look at how many sales we have it's like they they sold well that means it must be good and people that weren't going to buy it beforehand might Mm -hmm. actually pay attention to it now yeah maybe maybe it's reverse reverse psychology right um when guilty gear strive it came out with saying it sold three hundred thousand units um the sales numbers skyrocketed again because everyone said, Oh shoot, people are playing this game. I'm going to buy it as well. And then it jumped up to 500,000, like in a week or something. Um, so I think that is something to do with it as well. Even though it's like you said, it's only 560,000. I mean, I say only, but compared to a lot of the others that they're going to hype up, that's kind of small. Here's what makes me happy though. If they're happy, if they're willing to say that they that Returnal sold that and they justify buying the studio for that, then that means that they're more willing to say that a game was a success without hitting million copies sold, because That's it's kind of like yeah. Because I think about this in the uh, like for example, what happened with the box office in like twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen with movies, they spe- specifically Disney, everything that they released hit billions and billions mm-hmm. and billions and billions. And if it wasn't a billion, it wasn't worth it. Which is which is like that's insane that's insanity to me. That you did yeah. that that's the only way to measure a success when just reaching a billion something was always an achievement by itself. 
And now that like the, then theaters got shut down and we're slowly uh, seeing the uh, the return of the box office now, like people are saying, oh, this movie made three hundred thirty million dollars, like the Godzilla one, and or things like that. And yeah. now they're saying, yeah, that's like we're happy with that. I'm like, thank you. Not everything has to be billions. So maybe this is a good sign for them saying that, yeah, they can find success if they're not million sellers. At the same time, I also wonder how much the Demon Souls and Sackboy A Big Adventure sold if they were not, if they didn't provide sales data for that. So interesting stuff. And also, and, and remember, there's 10 million PS5s out there. Right. Not everyone's buying all these games, so it's like, what are people playing on their PS5? Did they just really buy a PS5 just to keep playing their free to play stuff, their Call of Duties, and all that? I, I think a lot I of people did in the end because I didn't buy any of these games. Um, mm-hmm. I I still haven't gotten. I mean, I got Miles Morales. I got things like your uh, Valhalla and your Watchdogs, mm-hmm. but now I'm just playing games that were on PS4 that have gotten enhancements for PS5. Um, yeah, just to sell people may. I think the value of exclusive sometimes is overstated, even though for me, like an, an exclusive, it's like the mo- one of the most exciting things about owning a machine because it's what yeah. justifies the machine. So, yeah, it's like the attach rate of this. It's also interesting because then when you compare it to something like the exclusives that come out from Nintendo, the attach rate of those are insane. Mm-hmm. But it, it can make sense. It's like people buy a Nintendo machine for those Nintendo games. So that's why the attach rate is so tight. Whereas in a PlayStation or an Xbox, there's so many kinds of games. Uh, they're not so reliant on you just getting the, the games exclusive for the machine. Those exclusives just makes the machine better. Like it, it just diversifies the portfolio and justifies why you would lean one way or another. So interesting stuff. It's like the closest one that I got is like 10 million uh, PlayStation 5s were sold, 6.5 million copies of Miles Morales sold and five to one were more through the PS5 than on PS4. At least half of the at least half of PS5 owners so far have Spider-Man. So you know that part of that is because a lot of the PS5s came with Miles Morales. Uh but that's the thing. Like you would still came with bundles that like the Miles Morales you you wouldn't buy the machine like even if it came with Miles Morales, it wasn't a four ninety nine machine. It was like five something or even more. So those right. those sales could still but then count. usually you would buy you want one game with the system you purchase so that's what i'm thinking like a mm-hmm. lot of people just like, that's what i did i just put miles morales and i got my system and mm-hmm. like an extra controller um and now i'm both glad that i have the extra controller and miles morales but... yes i'm glad that i have the extra controller too it's like it's nice didn't i just have to I can imagine if like, my controller would run out of battery and then having to plug it in be like, well, now I can't play anything. It's always good to have two. So, yeah, yeah. interesting numbers there. So, number four, st- staying on the Sony news. Uh, have you been wondering when you will be able to officially expand the storage of your PlayStation 5, Paul? Always. Well, it appears it's going to happen soon. So, Sony officially announced that the next big firmware update is already in beta. And beta users can finally start testing different M2 SSD drives in the slot. However, big caveat: the beta also mentions that how every, how not every M2 SSD drive in the market will work with the machine, and that some may even go as far as breaking the system if not to the specifications of the system. Specifically, if you buy a SSD drive at the size that they recommend you in these M2 drives, and it doesn't have a heatsink. 
already in. It could literally melt your machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so until the thing is out of beta and Sony officially releases a list of third-party drives that absolutely will work, no problem. Mm. If you get into the beta, buyer beware. So I didn't get into this beta. Usually you have to go to a website to be like, hey, I want to sign up for beta testing, the new systems yeah, and all that. Yeah, I'm not going to do so, that. <laughs> so yeah, so let people break their SIP because that's the thing. The, to upgrade the, the Xbox immediately when the Series X launched had a upgrade solution for memory, which was the SSD they cards that you just plug easy. in. I'm a little that, heated about that, but I'm also like, you know what? They knew what was going to happen. Yeah, the thing is that they're proprietary. So that means that when you have proprietary cards, they tend to be more expensive, and they usually takes a while before they go down in price. Sony going right. for the more third-party solution meant that there was going to be more options, and the market dictates when those things go down in price. You know, so, that's what another thing that I'm thinking of just off the top of my head. The fact that they're going to openly rely on third-party stuff is a big deal for them. Because you remember back in the day, if you opened that system, you were screwed. Mm -hmm. And they would never touch your system again. But now, if they are asking you, this is like, okay, well, you are going to have to go get your third-party system, uh, uh, SSD. That means they have to open their warranty for the possibility of people doing that, right? Yeah, the thing is that uh, it depends because, like for example, the PS4 already had a slot in the that you could open. That's that wouldn't warrant you. That, that, yeah. that wouldn't that wouldn't void your warranty. But but in it, order to fully take out the hard drive, um, the the whole thing to actually fix it, I think there was a point that you had to do that yeah but the thing is that the, yeah, the hard drive was never uh inside the machine where you have to like tear the machine out it, al it always true. had a slot it, it always had a slot um at the top where you could only s switch the drive that was already built in that was what not about the warranty. slim the those didn't have the top part didn't they it had a way to switch the hard drive they had i think it had it at the bottom and it always had like okay. when, when it comes to hard drives from the ps3 onwards you changing the hard drive wouldn't void your warranty. It was if you opened it beyond the slot, they allowed you to change the hard drive. Maybe it was on. the Pro. Yeah, I've never had a Pro, so but because... that's the, the, the Pro also had a slot. Every PlayStation device since PlayStation Three onward had um had well, had, I... had a slot that didn't warrant you did, didn't void your warranty. So I had a specific problem that I had to pull off either the bottom or the top in order to mess with my internal hard drive. And I don't know if it was just a problem with like maybe the jack in port that I had to replace or something. Yeah, I'm if, kind of if, blanking if, out on yeah, it. Yeah, if it if it was something technical, yeah, that's that's when you have to let them do it. If you do it by yourself, you void it. But yeah. the thing is, you changing the the hard drive of anything that's already pre baked in into the machine okay. for you well, to, that's good to open least. it, so it's not going to void the warranty. So, yeah. So my, my my thing is that. It feels like as good as it is the idea of having third-party options for memory with the PS5, just the fact that the M2 drive, there you, there has to be a very specific M2 drive that's going to fit the bespoke nature of the SSD they built for the PS5 so that you have to have one that's as close as possible to the specifications of how quick yeah. the PS5 runs. That's too technical. That That's way too technical of a jargon. For for the normal consumer that wants more memory to like Definitely. have to look that up and all of that, it's like it just feels too obtuse. Not so, to mention the process for PS4 switching internal hard drives was an absolute nightmare because you couldn't just switch it out. No, you had you to, had like, to have like, the download, special yeah. cable. You had to have the download. You had to have the not USB. really. 
yeah, and you didn't need a special cable. You just needed a USB and go to the website, download the firmware, and make a folder specifically. Have to turn this PS5 in a specific way in safe mode with the hard with, with the stick having the specific data of the firmware in a very specific order and folder yep. for the PS5 for to read it. Because, uh, it was. I'm so glad I only had to do that once, but yeah. it was an absolute horrendous process that I don't wish on anyone. Yes. So the the good thing is because the PS5 already had an empty slot. You just have to put in the thing and that's it. Yeah. So but yeah, buyer beware. Um wait until Sony gives a specific list of like this is the name of a drive that you can buy before you buy one. Whenever this firmware goes live. Also speaking about this firmware, uh they are also adding a couple of UI improvements. And to me the most notable one is for what they're doing with trophies. As they're oh. re- they're redesigning the trophy layout currently in the system. By the way, oh thank God, trophies and PS5 suck. Yeah, I like like the the uh, is it horizontal? Yeah, the yeah. horizontal squares is like a complete nightmare because yeah, you, it's like doesn't no give you enough. See the menu, you have to see like a giant square that takes up like this much space, and then just keep flipping through to find what you're looking for yeah and, and you have to click you, on it and you have to click on the to description read, uh, to get the full description so it's like they showed pictures that they're taking it back into how it looked in ps4 which was like the That's list good. but and it looks better it looks like cleaner it, they add a little bit more stuff to it so i'm glad for that because i'm a big trophy hunter so what mm-hmm. they did with trophies for ps5 i couldn't believe it but they're fixing it now and i'm glad they're fixing it within the year so amen to that yeah What's Number next? five, we're ending the Sony news in a down note. Uh, reports surface from reliable sources, this being Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat and Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, that Sony may have pulled the trigger and delayed Horizon Forbidden West out of the 2021 holiday season. I'm sure oh, this must wow. hurt your soul so yes. much right now. Yeah, even though I'll get more into that. <laughs> even though SIE Worldwide Studios president Herman Hulse had said previously back in June that the game was on track for the holiday season. He had also inferred in that same PlayStation blog interview that they would be willing to push back the title if it meant better health for the dev team. So they were always like, we're on track. We think we can, we can, we can release it this year, but if it, if it compromises the quality of the game or the health of our dev team, we have the option to push. So while Sony hasn't of- so here's the thing. While Sony hasn't officially announced the delay themselves, considering the sources, it's just a matter of time of where and when. Hmm. Considering we're still waiting for the official Sony conference where they'll talk more about their first party offerings. We're in August, Paul, and we still don't know. I know, right? Yeah, yeah which they promised was later this uh, this summer when they announced in the last state of play. Chances are that that's when we'll hear the official date. Horizon Zero Dawn faced a similar situation five years ago when the nebulously promised mm-hmm. 2016 holiday release then slipped into a solid February 28, 2017 release date. So if history repeats itself, you have an idea of where the sequel may land in the release calendar. Paul, the PlayStation has no games for this holiday. It doesn't. Like, at all. Nothing, Nothing exclusive. Yes. Um, that's for sure. Just Deathloop. Early in September. Yep. And the, the final one was Death Stranding Director's Cut, but that's a re-release. Ghost of Tsushima and, and Death Stranding the Director's Cut don't count. They are already released games that they're just given special editions. They only gonna, have Deathloop. Oh. It's like somehow history repeats itself. Not only they sell 10 million units around close the same close to the same time they released in PS4. The PS4 had no games for the holiday of 2014, like at all. 
they literally um, relied on Destiny 1 as their yep. first party offering. They promoted the crap out of Destiny 1 because they had the marketing partnership with them. And they even literally said on interviews, we consider Destiny a first party. Like, we're giving it a treatment of a first party. That's all they had for that holiday. They had smaller games like Drive Club and Little Big Planet 3, which, by the way, those games launched busted because 2014 was a year where every game that launched that holiday season was busted somehow. Assassin's Creed Unity, Halo Master Chief Collection. Um, oh, I forgot and, about the and, Master and Chief bit, Collection. Yeah, that, that was that True. holiday. Yeah, yeah. The, the 2014 holiday was like the, 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 the holiday of the effed up releases. So... Mm. The PS4 really didn't have anything. And the only thing, the small things that were not marquee titles, because the Order 1886, which was one of their big ones, got pushed to February. And I still <laughs> think about that game and how it could have been fantastic. Oh, yes. It could have been an amazing and series. And it still it? looks so good. Yeah. I wish oh. it was an actual good game that didn't last five hours. Gosh. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, funny enough, it's like, they started sort of changing their narrative around 2017, but from 2014 to 2016, the PS4 literally had no games in the holiday. Yeah. Like, at all. Is this going to happen again for them? Unless they have... Unless they eventually pull out that fabled uh, press conference and then suddenly mm-hmm. say, oh, look, there's this thing that's going to come out this year, actually. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like That rarely happens with Sony. It's like... I know. It's like the only like literally the only time that they pulled this and worked was Miles Morales and Demon Souls and Sackboy. And that was because it was a launch year and they had to launch software. Yeah. But it's rare for Sony to come to a conference, announce something that's out that same holiday. That's right. not their MO. They're all about the long term things. I trust Microsoft to do more uh this is what's coming out this really this year than or even I think Nintendo out of all of them because they apparently bake they, they cook so many cakes they put them in the fridge and then they just like take them out of the fridge to be able yep. to sell it. It's like I trust Nintendo more to do that kind of thing mm-hmm. than Sony. I would be and especially because Sony because you you can understand the workflow of what are the first party studios from Sony. When did this studio come out? It's like okay, so this studio hasn't gone, so maybe they have something for this, maybe they're, or like Naughty Dog, we're not going to see anything from Naughty Dog in a long while, like yeah. Gorilla and Santa Monica, God of War and Horizon, we already know they're 2022 games now, and, well, we know of God of War, Sony has to officially say it, but here's the thing, when Jason Schreier says he's heard that it's been delayed, it's been delayed. Mm. It happened with No Man's Sky, it happened with uh, Final Fantasy XV, he broke those stories. Everyone sent him death threats for reporting the stories. And they turned out correct back in like yeah. 2016. So when he says it, it happens. So that's why I said like, this is some, this is not like Sony is just about waiting for them to say now, because I feel when I feel like when they announce it, they're going to be like, no, we're excited to announce the release date. And then they're going to say like, it's like Kingdom Hearts. I remember um, that was, a, that was going to be a holiday 2018 game. And then suddenly at a concert, they're like, we're excited to announce the release date of January 29, 2019. I was like, wait, you said you're not going to delay it. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> so um, they're going to do it like that because when you hear yeah. a delay, you want to at least hear something solid. So at the, at the very least, now we know that. Right. But for this holiday, if you are in the fence and you want to buy something that's going to have new stuff releasing at the time, buy an Xbox. 
absolutely buying Xbox. Halo's gonna be there. So, so yeah. So like, <laughs> buy an Xbox. Like, look, I love. I I have the PS5. I love the PS5, but the Xbox just yeah. has a like a, a lineup for themselves. It's like just with Halo and Forza Horizon Five, they have something for the holiday. Unless but you love PlayStation so much, they doesn't that play- line up into our last thing? Actually, yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, number six, Halo Infinite, the big flagship. Xbox Series X and S title that slipped from launch last year into an undetermined time this coming holiday released its technical test, aka beta, this past weekend. They didn't call it beta because I'm glad they didn't. Because when you're this close to release, yeah, you can't call something a beta; it's a demo. Or at so, least you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you shouldn't. They use it, everyone throws the word beta around because I don't know. It sounds better than demo. Mm-hmm. Even though they, it, it, what they are is demo, because if you're in beta, you're still in active development to actually change stuff. So, uh, so they released a technical test this past weekend, and the response to the game's multiplayer so, so far has been mostly positive. Have you seen videos of the multiplayer, Paul? Like everyone, like a very tiny amount, which looked great. But it apparently, some of this is uh, is news to me. So tell me what we're going, yes. what we're talking about here. Yeah. So. However, not everything was smooth sailing for the game this past weekend. Um, according to longtime Halo director Joseph Staden, who, if you remember, was vital during the Bungie era of Halo as the main writer and was brought in to help push Halo Infinite out the door of their, after the calamitous 2020 rollout of the game that led to the delay and the departure of Chris Lee, the game's director. That was before that. Uh, Joseph, J- uh, Joseph Staden mentioned within the technical test files of the PC version includes files that basically spoil the entirety of the game's story campaign, as well as include files about the existence of a possible Battle Royale mode for the game. Halo Battle Royale. (laughs) This is just amazing, honestly. Um, I I don't want to be the blind optimist, but Halo Battle Royale, I can't lie, does sound very entertaining because if you want to really break it down, Halo's gameplay loop has always been you drop with hardly anything and you pick up stuff throughout the game mm-hmm. that gives you an edge against everyone else. It's, it's just a sandbox very... gameplay. It's a sandbox yeah. of picking stuff. Um, so the idea of, okay, well, you're going to drop a bunch of Spartans into a zone to have them fight each other to get to the center honestly sounds like a very halo thing to do mm-hmm. um and especially with the grappling hooks now um mm-hmm. and the vehicles and everything you could probably just drop into a, a map and have happen uh sounds amazing i wish i didn't hate battle royales at this point mm-hmm. um because that I just I I picture I'm so in my head I'm just so tired of them. all of the horrible things that can happen with this, um, and I also wish that um, it was going to be more of a desire for me to try it because I'm probably going to suck. Probably won't want to play it very much. <laughs> yeah. To be fair with Halo, with Halo Infinite, they have so many modes, not battle royale. That there's enough there for to satiate your multiplayer competitive uh, side. Yeah. If you just don't want the one hit, the one death, you're out of a battle royale. It's cool. Like it, like if that's in the files, it means that they basically spoiled a last minute reveal. It 
what's funny is that this happened to Warzone. The PC version of Warzone, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare included files that leaked the existence of Warzone. Warzone wasn't announced uh, huh. when, Modern, when Modern Warfare um, released in 2019. I would think everyone kind of expected it because they rolled it out initially in uh, Black Ops 4 for yeah, Battle with Black Royale Ops. mode. Yeah, with Black Ops. Um, and I knew it was very popular because a lot of people were playing it. And I was like, so actually, Blackout wasn't popular. Blackout died really quick because uh, it was the only battle royale you could only play with uh, through full price. So it so oh, it, so, that's so, right. so it entered the market uh, dominated by Fortnite. That was they they wanted to get the Fortnite pie, yeah. but because they tied it to the purchase of Black Ops for. Mm-hmm. Nobody uh, bought that, it. Yeah, no, yeah. Like Blackout as a mode was fun. It was interesting to see um, Call of Duty actually switch into a battle royale format after not doing after the enclosed areas of Call of Duty has always what defined that gameplay. And that was yeah. the first time they threw it out into a huge big ass map. And it was interesting that they made it work, uh, but unfortunately, because of how you had to purchase it, no one cared. Especially because that Black Ops Four died really quickly, it died in the vine. So, so yeah, it's like I wonder if that's the thing's got that same thing's gonna happen with Halo Infinite. That right now it has the advantage that already the multiplayer is free to play. You right. don't even need Game Pass for it. So they already have that leg to stand on. It's gonna be a hugely popular game on PC and Xbox systems just for it being free to play. No need for no need for uh, um, Xbox Live Gold or, or all of that crap. So it already has enough modes. Slayer, like Team Deathmatch, Capture the Flag, Halo Staples. Mm-hmm. A Battle Royale on top of that is just a way to like, I feel it's a good way to court in the crowd. It's like because as much as I hate it, I hate that knowing that little kids right now have been raised with Fortnite. That, oh. that like, that, that's like the game for them. Or even like Warzone. I hate that that's what, that's what gaming is to them. And that hurts my soul. Yeah. So... <laughs> I am glad that they at least have this, but I always stand by the idea that eventually you get bored of something, and if at least all these other modes are available for you to play on top of that, it's a it's a fishing rod. Here's the hook coming in. We have all this stuff. Maybe they try it. Oh, we like this even better than the other thing. Boom, pass. Yeah. So, I think the more uh, sad thing about this leak is the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, like more than the battle royale itself, because. I would say I don't need to experience the Halo story as it's told. Like I could have somebody tell me, I think, because I'm so removed from it now that like I don't even really remember what happened in the fifth game. But it's good that you don't. Yeah. It was um, awful. <laughs> uh, apparently it was and like nothing actually happened out of it. But um I I think that if somebody sat me down and said, "All right, here's what's going on with Halo Infinite," I'm going to be like, "All right, cool." <laughs> Halo Five was such a disappointment in the story department because I thought Halo always had good stories, good lore, not the yeah. best written, but they had enough good story within them to push you through. And Halo Five story was such a mess. They miscalculated so heavily on what people really liked about Halo. Specifically, yeah. the biggest crime was what they did with Master Chief. Yeah. They, um, what's funny is that Halo 5 wanted to mirror Halo 2 so much in its campaign, but completely got the balance wrong. Yeah. Like, Halo 2 was notorious for 
being one of those bait and switch games where here's Master Chief, but no, you're also playing as the Arbiter. Mm-hmm. So it was like yeah, just just like Metal Gear Solid Two with uh, with Raiden and in Last of Us Part Two with uh, Abby, and um, and then Halo Two was like at the very least the balance was that you played enough of Chief and you played enough with Arbiter, you kept bouncing yeah. back and forth. It was like half and half, I think. It was yes, and then where it miscalculated was that the final mission of Halo Two was an Arbiter mission. Right. So, so that's where that's where like um, the big criticism towards Halo Two came in this campaign because they gave you a, a they, they gave you a final Arbiter mission and the final mission of that game got cut because then it became Halo Three uh, because the whole finish the fight thing was something that they wanted to do within Halo Two but they ran out of time so mm-hmm. that got punted into Halo Three that's why like it ended with the finishing this fight scene which makes and it, sense why and it, just cut, and it just cut to black it was like yeah halo 2's ending is like one of the most legendary disappointments in gaming history because I it was sh- like i am still so cut. confused <laughs> like everything that happens in that game because it feels like you have the first half which is like okay we're building a something and then all of a sudden there's just like the the grave mind and mine, all yeah. that and i'm like <laughs> who is this yes. what is going on <laughs> Yeah, the oh, thing man. is that then they took Halo 2's criticism of overcomplication to heart, but then they made Halo 3's story much more simple because they just centered you on Chief. And it's one of my favorites, and, if not yeah, my favorite. So, oh, I love Halo 3. Halo 3's campaign is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, then comes Reach. But yeah, then Halo 5 it was like, yeah, let's do the dual story. We're going to have 15 missions in this game. And guess what? 12 of them are going to be played as Captain Locke. Only three of them are going to be played as Master Chief. How in the F? How couldn't you do eight and seven? Eight with Locke and seven with Chief at the very least. Yeah. Or eight with Chief and seven with Locke. How in the world you thought that it was going to be okay for you to play a Halo game where the majority of your time you're playing as Fireteam Osiris and Captain Locke, a character that's a wet blanket even more so than the already wet blanket Master Chief that at least was popular because he was Master Chief. Right. So... That so that campaign was like, it was fun to play. It was yeah. beautiful. It had great mechanics and all. It had a good co-op. It was it was fun to play co-op, but it miscalculated uh, with this with its story and its focus. And I liked some of the the characters, honestly. Um, yeah, Nathan Fillion was still there. Uh, like Nathan Fillion stand out for Tame Osiris for sure, but mm-hmm. like all of T- Chief's team was characters yeah, from, from different Reach. Halo books. Even. Yeah, from the from the Fall of um, Reach, Kelly, uh, right. Uh, and Linda and I can't remember the last Fred, one. I think Fred, Fred. Yeah. Um. But like they were all very heavily shown in all of the book material before everything, and even. And that was another miscalculation from three four three. They introduced those characters and assumed you already knew them. Yeah, you that was the crazy books. thing because even yeah. I, who read the books, was like, "How did I know them again?" Like they were in one of these. I I don't remember how yeah. and how they survived, but they're just here now. Yeah, the worst kind of storytelling you can make, you can have is just assuming that your reader or mm. viewer or player has already done their homework. Yeah, with something else for this to work, you your story always have to. Supplemental material should enrich, not define, not like um, what was the word I'm thinking? It's like not that should be essential, not take a place yeah. of actual storytelling. So that was a that started happening with Halo Four when they released Four Until Dawn, the films and all that. Oh, they started yeah. they started going down that rabbit hole and then they fully went that rabbit hole into Five and that was a big mistake on yeah. top of the uh, on top of the um, on, on top of their lack of focus on the things that matter that. 
they were planning on making a Halo 6 to come out in 2018. They had it written. They had it pre-planned. Halo's five reception the campaign was such. It damaged the campaign reputation of Halo to such an extent that they had to go back to the drawing board. Good. <laughs> and that's why we got Infinite. That's why it's taken six years. A six-year gap between Halos. I hope Possibly they at seven, least Because mention, we still don't have... Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope they at least wrap up a couple of plot threads from that as while they're going through Infinite. But yeah, because they one thing I mention, don't like um, is when they just disregard everything looking at you rise of uh yeah rise of skywalker, skywalker from the last jedi yeah literally um, yeah <laughs> that's that's one of like the biggest problems is like at least fix the problems that were created don't just ignore them yeah they mentioned they paid lip service that the events of halo 5 did happen okay but they also mentioned yeah they, they we're building from the events of halo 5 but we're going on a new direction with the story Good. And 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 I'm like, okay. At the very least, you're acknowledging that happened. I want to see how that happens. It's I can kind of piece together what may have happened, yeah. which is based on the trailers that I can see some continuation from Halo Five here because at the end of Halo Five, Cortana goes rampant and completely goes batshit crazy, and like all the AIs of all the of all the things start getting like activated with Guardian stuff and all that. Uh, when we see Halo, the first thing we saw of Halo Infinite was Master Chief floating in space and found by that bearded dude. Yeah. So I can assume maybe Master Chief took the word to Cortana and something happened. Then he was left floating in space. Right. Maybe that's what happened. I haven't read the leaks, by the way, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. spoiling anything. So this, this, is, is, all this is all conjecture. So that's what makes it sad that now the files are out there because the campaign out of everything is the thing that needs to prove again that Halo can be great again. Yeah. Like that Halo can be like respected from its campaign. It was sad that Infinite last year had a good idea, but because of its lack of polish and the meme-worthy Craig brute that some I don't understand. How were they able, like, if you look at the demo, yeah. at no point you see like the face of the brute. Somehow someone managed to like go frame by frame, right? Find the time when he melee and have the completely indifferent brute. <laughs> So, who was out there noticing that one tiny detail to bring it to light anyway? Yeah. But I, I will say, like, even though a lot of people were saying, "Oh, that's one detail in motion and all," it's like, but at the same time, that's still an asset that is not up to modern standards. Yeah. And even then, we were saying, like, "Oh, well, that was kind of cool of a Halo Infinite presentation," but it kind of felt weird, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> it was didn't like, feel right. Yeah, I was like, I'm excited about it, but I was like. It, does something feel off? That's yeah. what I said. It's like, it, it's not and then I started seeing the screenshots. I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, the, the textures are the textures, not. Oof. Right. This looks like a 360 game. Like, yeah. Is there something wrong here? At least it doesn't look like that anymore. They put the work. Yeah, I'm glad so. for that. And I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because everything that's in progress is always like, okay, yeah, there's going to be improvement. So it's kind of a shame that it got demonized to that extent. But. Mm -hmm. If it hadn't, they probably launched it, and it would have launched not with great reviews, and they couldn't afford yeah. that. So, so I'm glad it, that they got caught now and mm -hmm. saying, "Okay, guys, we're gonna make sure we put some effort into." This and to now. be fair, like I like I mentioned, it's like I saw almost close to universal positive uh, response to the to the beta, to the technical test in Which a way that I was like, I'm "Oh glad. man, that's glad I'm glad because." That's another one of those like series that I'm rooting for because it's so entrenched into gaming culture or what gaming meant or what our first, like if it wasn't for Halo, we wouldn't have shooters like we have now. 
they set the template for console shooters they did. back in back in 01. So it's like I always fear about like that kind of series like losing its relevance. Kind of like how what happened with Zelda that by the time Skyward Sword came out yeah. and it was like so tepidly received and uh back in the we in the Wii era, there was like can Zelda ever be big again? And then Breath of the Wild changed things. They said, hold my beer. Yeah, hold me. I got this. I got this. <laughs> and obviously they changed stuff that, and me as a Zelda purist, I didn't agree with, but yeah. they made enough of an impact with the things that it, they innovated and improved upon just the Zelda as a name that then Zelda became relevant again, a big name. And then so, once again, almost even more of an important thing than Zelda being big again was everyone else started copying things again and innovating and mm-hmm. improving on everything that Zelda did. Yeah, we see so for much Zelda to once world, yeah. again copy off of them now and we see create so much, something else. So we see so much Breath of the Wild now and everywhere. It's so funny. It's like we see it now. It's like, oh, it and I'm is. not even really mad about it anymore. No, me neither, because. The things that make Zelda Breath of the Wild an incredible game of the year, best game of the generation kind of things, are the things that don't make it a Zelda game. It's that the innovations it made for open world design yeah. and and its innovations for exploration and discovery and sense of adventure and physics-based uh, design. Shenanigans. And, and shenanigans <laughs> and all of that. It's like, that's the thing that makes that game sing. As yeah. a Zelda game, I'd say it's pretty terrible. Like, like, like the things I like about Zelda, like its dungeons and from all of that. From a purity but, standpoint, from purity, yeah. but that's just me. For some people, some people were already done with that purity, so that's why that game hits for so many people. Right, and that's kind of what I, I don't think what I, from what I've seen, Halo Infinite is the reinvention of Halo. I would have probably expected after six years, but I think I would settle for a pretty, really good Halo because. The market has been saturated by battle royales and this all free to play garbage and mm-hmm. the things that we just keep getting that I feel like something more traditional like Halo can launch now and be like, oh, this is nice. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's uh, Halo Infinite, still on track for holiday twenty twenty one. We need a, we need we need a release date now. <laughs> we like we need we, we need it like ASAP because if not, there's always the fear that it might slip at the last minute and. I want Halo to release this year because I want something to be excited for this holiday in an exclusive capacity. To play. That's not just Metroid Dread on the yeah. Switch. And more importantly, this is the 20th anniversary of the Xbox brand, which in turn is the 20th anniversary of Halo. Oh, yeah. You got to hit this year to synergize with the 20th They got to try. They got to try. But hey, it's COVID times. If they yeah. can't, it's like, you know what? It's like my desires can't overstep the health of the team i mean even though it feels like a corporate response to say oh guys don't push us it's because of the health of the team it's like i know some of that could be a cop-out but i also know that it's a very important thing to actually care about the health of the team so if that is actually going to help them i say yes yes delay let me me put it like this we don't need a cyberpunk 2077 situation ever again in our lives so yeah take your time but please like you were like with Halo, they they were gonna launch. So at some point, they were already kind of content complete. I had an idea of what they wanted. So they got an extra full extra year for polish. So I might as well be like, you gotta be at least on track for this year at the very least. So you were a launch title. <laughs> so you're a freaking launch title and try to synergize because if they're if they're able to synergize with the anniversary, that's gonna be great for them. This is a celebration of their platform. Absolutely. Acceleration of the game that made that platform. Without Halo, there's no Xbox. Simple Agreed. as that. So that's the end of the news, Paul. 
chunky. That was that was <laughs> chunky, man. That yes. we had some chunky freaking Campbell soup out here. Yes. Paul, uh, where can people find you? As always, Twitter at Dork of Art, YouTube at Dork of Art, and Twitch at AngelSword21. Alejandro, where can they find you? They can find me at twitch.tv slash the Slayer Giant. They can find me at Twitter at A underscore Dorsegobia. They can find me at Instagram at Alejandro Segovia93. And they can also find me at thecriticalcorner.com where I have started reviewing some stuff. Like recently I reviewed the seventh season of The Flash. And that was a fun Apparently that was a popular and interesting situation that you did. Yes. (laughs) It was a more popular review than I expected because I feel I filled the void of IGN used to review seasons for the shows. They didn't review this one. So I was like, I'll slip in. I'm going to pop up and see. <laughs> Fine. I'll do it myself. And also just as a final thing, I kind of want to give a recommendation to a podcast that I've been listening. It's called the Iron Lords podcast. I linked you something at Twitter. I, I watched it, it and killing. made me very happy. <laughs> that's like that podcast is goals. Those are friends. Just like, yeah. friendly jabs at each other like talking about games and all that there's like some fun stuff there i had some yeah, friends like that in high school and college that i actually live with and it is it is, those conversations like give you life so yes. I, I definitely <laughs> want to check out one of their episodes yes they're long they're very long so you don't have to Are have the respect yes they because they just go forever because they're just <laughs> friends talking but yeah it's like it's they're they're so fun they have people from everywhere like a very popular podcast host from different shows that i listen they have them there they oh, get wow. some really great discussions and they're really great mediators. They have people that disagree with each other, like vehemently, and one. have them within the show because they create such a great environment for for like discussion. They're open. They're, they're we're living in an era where everyone's demonized for not agreeing with each other and all that. And it's really great to see these dudes that have such a great fun vibe. They can troll. There's like this dude named the Black Dude with the Glasses King. He's yep. such a he, he's like he's an Xbox fanboy and he just embraces it. Oh man. and like he, he he just sticks in that like Xbox personality, but it's endearing in a way. It's like I can't quite hate him for it. Just like <laughs> th- th- like look what how he made hip hop gamer another part yeah. just pop at him. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I was like, eventually someday we'll have more hosts and we can have just as much fun as those guys have. They oh, follow yeah. me on Twitter, by the way. Really? The Lord's follow me, so that's awesome. So maybe one day in the future, maybe we're going to have one of them. Shout out to the Lord. Oh, man. Paul, it's been fun. So until next time. Press X. To play. Adios, everyone. Adios.